Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. It's always great to have Jeremy Rutherford on the show, but particularly great when he joins us in studio because his presence just brightens things up for us. It does. So, uh, JR, good to have you with us. Good, good morning. to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Hey, good interview. Uh, I'm on my way to practice, and this is on the way, so I stop in to do the segment here, but I was listening to the interview with Evan Drellick. What a uh, terrific book and job they did he and ken rosenthal on that story you know i joined the athletic in 2017 so we're going back five or six years now but i remember when that story broke and there was a lot of attention given to the athletic because of that story and i think that we as a company still would have made it but i think that gave so Mm -hmm. much legitimacy to the investigation and the operation that that we were doing to have that level of a story don't you uh that's the kind of story that as a journalist you dream about, right? Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. And listening to Evan tell you guys mm-hmm. that uh, he was onto the story. He had the source, you know, and, and as someone who hears information sometimes and you try to corroborate it, you try to dig and get the background on it. He had to do that for 13 months and yeah. basically sit on it. He was between jobs. He, he switched to a different company and then he brings uh, Ken Rosenthal in and then they attack it. But yeah, to have that type of information and have to night after night go to bed saying I could do something with mm-hmm. it, that's got to be tough. The two two movies, one of them is real, All the President's Men, right, with Bernstein and Woodward doing that kind of work with Watergate. And then the Pelican Brief at the end where they're sitting calling up saying, we're running a story tomorrow. Yeah. We want to know what your reaction is. And that's exactly what they did with Mike, Mike Fires, right? They said, we're running this story. We'd like to know if you have something to say about it. I'm just, as a, as a journalist, when you have a story like that, knowing how it's going to implicate so many people and, and really bother and upset some people, is there some hesitancy of, of how much detail you get into or, or how much you put out there? Because you know you're going to ruin some people's careers and there are going to be some, really, some people really upset with you uh, after you write, after you publish that story, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. So I've never obviously had anything quite to that level, scale, mm-hmm. anything like that. But uh, you do, you kind of sit back. Okay, how is this going to affect people? How do I need to approach it? What kind of care do I need to give certain situations? But the biggest thing, y- you have to get it right. And if it means you got to talk to three or four people yeah. to get one sentence in that story right, it has to be right because, yeah. as you just said, it affects so many different people. And if you get that wrong, that's on you. Right. Now you've brought yourself into that situation. Right. And you can't do that. You kind of had to do that with the Tarasenko trade story, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So again, not nearly the scale of this uh, Houston thing, but uh, you know, when you're when you're making phone calls on that and trying to get to the bottom of why Vladimir Tarasenko wants to be moved, and then you know that if you mention things like he wanted to wear the C or the shoulder surgeries, mm-hmm. that 
he claimed to be botched by the St. Louis Blues mm. doctors. You know that when you put that stuff out there, who's going to read it? How their jobs could right. be affected? What their bosses are going to say to them? And then also, what is, what's it going to be like in the locker room? We hear Tarasenko wants to wear the C. He thought he should have wore mm-hmm. the C. Well, how does that make Ryan O'Reilly right. feel? But I think at a certain point you have to get to with that reporting was, okay, I have the information. I know it's right. I'm going to go with it, and whoever it affects, that's who it affects, because you got to do your job. Hey, JR, uh, I am the president. I don't know if you know this. I'm the president of the Cali Rosen fan club, <laughs> and we have been talking about him constantly. Uh, some injuries, Tory Krug is day-to-day. He's going to get some more time. What have you been seeing from him, and, and is this sustainable for him at this point in his career? I think it is, and I'm going to go back a few months with you here, because uh, when you see a guy like Cali Rosen late in his career kind of put things together— Care you know this? You know, I, I went to Craig Bruby at a press conference, and I, I just said, "Why? Why now? Why is it coming together mm-hmm. now?" And he just said, "Confidence. That's what yep. it is." And, and I think maybe early on in the career, uh, you don't have that kind of funny. The other day, we were talking to Ryan O'Reilly about Kelly Rosen, and uh, we said, "How about those two goals?" And he said, "Looks like Nick Lidstrom out there." <laughs> and uh, I happened to be passing Kelly Rosen going into the locker room a couple of days ago after practice, and I said, "You hear what uh, O'Reilly said about you?" He said, "No." I said, "He's uh, calling you Lidstrom." He goes, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so having fun. With that one there, but but he's been great. I think he should find a way to stay in this uh, top six the remainder of the season, mm-hmm. and I think uh, they should try to find a way to keep him in that mix for next season for sure. You have a great piece up right now. Just went up at the Athletic three hours ago about uh, the the action behind the scenes when the Blues made the trade of Tage Thompson for Ryan O'Reilly, and I, I haven't gotten through it completely. But there's a lot of new <laughs> interesting facts that come out. Yeah, it's fun. We're doing a series this week. It's called Behind the Trade, and there's already been several pieces at the Athletic. Uh, involving other teams, other players. Today was my turn, and we were allowed to pick a trade, a big one in the team's history, and so I went with this O'Reilly-Tage-Thompson deal because it it fascinates me, right? It was seen as a fleecing by Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues, and now with Tage-Thompson emerging as a superstar, kind of the sentiment on that has changed. But guess what? You can't take back a Stanley Cup, (laughs) and and that's what the Blues got with that trade. But yeah, it was interesting, so we talked to a few people. Uh, Jason Bottero, the GM of Buffalo at that time, he made that deal, and and he had since been let go. He didn't want to uh, to talk about this topic, uh, but I did talk to Randy Sexton. He was the assistant general manager for the Buffalo Sabres at the time. He's now with the Minnesota Wild, and he gave me a few details. He said Doug Armstrong was very aggressive. He knew what he wanted. He knew that O'Reilly was his guy, and he said that the, the players involved in the trade changed over time. Doug would offer these guys. They didn't want those guys. He would offer these guys. They finally came to a conclusion, and then one nugget in the story that some people may or may not be familiar with guys is uh, the fact that Patrick Berglund had a modified no trade clause and Buffalo would have been on that list but Kerry he did not get that list his agent did not get that list Mm, to the Blues so it was null and void and then it allowed Doug Armstrong to trade Patrick Berglund in that deal for Ryan O'Reilly. Unbelievable I wonder if Bergy wound up firing his agent. I, I think they moved on, but you know he gets to Buffalo, he plays the, what, 23 games for the Sabres, and then he goes AWOL. I think they find out he's you know out of town carousing, mm-hmm. and then mutually agreed, he and the team, they terminated the contract, walked away from $12 million. He's back in Sweden now. Uh, I think he might be playing with a local team in Sweden, but uh, one day maybe the Athletic will send me to Sweden to, to write <laughs> that story. Never played in another NHL game, right? No, yeah, just the 23 with uh, Buffalo, and that was it. Uh, we need to know about Brandon going on IR today and the Blues calling up Jake Neighbors. Do you know what we're looking at in terms of sod, in terms of uh, time out and whether or not the, the Blues are going with young guys, right? They're going to make moves, and Neighbors is a guy that they have to get NHL minutes for. Yeah, so the news just 
coming out that Saad's going to go on IR. You know, in that game the other night, uh, he went for that breakaway and he lost the puck. So I don't know what the injury is, but he lost the puck. And I was like, well, that was odd. You know, it maybe it slips away from you. But was that injury related? I was wondering. Shattered pride. Yeah. When they <laughs> when they announced that he was going to be done for the game and, and now on IR. So Jake Neighbors will get a chance. You know, with Saad, uh, I guess we'll get maybe a further update when we go out to practice today, whether it's one week, two weeks or, or longer. But uh, I think they were going to get Jake Neighbors up at some point. Uh, he's got to get some more playing time up here at the NHL level, and, and now I'll probably get that chance. And, Kerry, by the way, one, one of the great things about what JR and Jim Thomas and everybody around the Blues gets to do is when you ask how long a guy is going to be out. I mean, there, there's so much detail as to how long a player is going to be out and what, what we can expect and when we can expect them back. I really do appreciate the, the depth of the answers you know that are provided. You know right? <laughs> Upper body, day to day. We'll let you know. When, when we know, you'll know. Hey, hey JR. Oh, I just got a text. It is a... Uh... There you go. Uh, the Blues got an opportunity to go for three... Three in a row tonight. Um, what have you seen from them, and and is this sustainable? They they go against a pretty good New Jersey New Jersey Devils team tonight. What do you what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting that uh, this is the question after the last one because you know typically you don't get a lot of information on things. You know, hey, why are you guys playing well? Why have you won two in a row? What's right. better? Yeah, you know. We're, we're just putting things together, kind of the cliche answers. But Braden Shen and Craig Bruby also talked about and went into detail about the uh, forecheck. And, and they felt like uh, they needed to regroup with that and, and just have more of a five-man identity in terms of entering the zone, getting the puck in there, and having the D guys play up. And, and they want to do that. They've wanted to do it all season, but because of all the goals against – the D just lacks some confidence, I think. And we saw in the last couple of games that the D has been up the ice, pinching in, getting in. Even that Justin Falk goal that was called back because of the Robert Thomas high stick, that's, yeah. a, that's a situation where the D is in the zone. So I think that's what it is. I think they're playing more together, and the D are playing further up ice. Always good to have you with us. Enjoy practice and enjoy the game tonight. 8 yep. o'clock start. 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's a late one.